Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. America's Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio, talking a lot about Islam and how there would be no Bruce Jenner coming out as a woman with breasts and having all kinds of surgery done. She or he would be killed. They do not exist. No gay rights, no gender equality, no marriage equality concepts even exist in Islam. They don't exist in any Islamic-controlled country. In fact, you want to criticize Islam in Saudi Arabia, you can get lashed for a thousand times. If you're not wearing your hijab correctly, your your head covering in Iran, you can go to jail. There are some really key concepts that need to be understood when we're talking about the first phase of Islam. One is that slavery is institutionalized and inherent to Islam. When Islam expanded in the 7th century, so did slavery. In fact, when you go to our prisons today, prisons anywhere, they are a prime recruiting ground for Islam. In fact, they are probably one of the most dangerous places to be because it's unavoidable. You either have to convert or you die. So first is slavery. Two, Jew hatred is institutionalized and taught by Islam in the Quran there is no such thing as any Muslim loving or being friends with or being in a peaceful relationship or a moderate Muslim being friends with a Jew that's just not a Muslim the Quran instructs Jew hatred we're going to talk more about that so there are no gays slavery is institutionalized Jew hatred is institutionalized there is no such thing as free speech And there is no such thing as women's rights, as we've already talked about in Gone Girls and other columns and articles and radio programs I've been on. I've been talking a lot about how there are no rights for little girls or women, especially when you look at the Sharia councils and institutionalized domestic violence and pedophilia that's occurring throughout crime spreed, uh, crime infested areas throughout Western Europe. In fact, a psychiatrist in Denmark even came up with a term calling this phenomenon the criminalized Muslim mind. We will get into that in another segment, but I want to talk about several concepts that are key to understanding Islam that occur even in this first phase. One of this has to do primarily with the attitude and hatred of Jews. Now, people may not know this, but in last year, the FBI came out with a report based on 2013 statistics that the number one victims of hate crimes in America, I want you to th- guess, guess who the most hated people in America are, the people who are, who are attacked simply because of who they are. They're not blacks. It's not gays. It's not women. It's definitely not Muslims. It's Jews. Jews are the number one target of hate crimes in America across the board, not just in race. When you think about hate crimes, it's not just race, gender, sex, sexual identity, gender orientation, whatever it is. It's not blacks and whites, as the Obama administration would like to distract you thinking that it is. It's certainly not Muslims like the Council on American-Islamic Relations would like you to think it is. Muslims are not victims of hate crimes in America. If they are, it's a very small percentage. The number one across the board, even combining all the others together, Jews are the number one victims of hate crimes in America. In the United States of America, in the 21st century, You will be targeted more than anyone else to be victimized, vandalized, beaten, and brutalized simply because you are a Jew. And if you are a Jewish student going to college in America, there are seriously 
dangerous places to be in America, college campuses. David Horowitz's Freedom Center has a project. It's called the Jew Hatred on Campus.org. And they have a list of the colleges where it is incredibly dangerous to be a Jew. And I'm going to list the top 10. And I was really surprised in some ways and in others, not so much. The two most dangerous places to be a Jew, a college student, a Jewish college student in the United States of America is Columbia University and Cornell University, two Ivy League schools in New York. The others, George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, Loyola University in Chicago, Portland State University, Portland, Oregon, San Diego State University, San Francisco State University, University of California, Los Angeles. So three colleges in California, another Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York. So three colleges in New York and Temple University in Philadelphia. So I'm listing to you 10 colleges Three in New York, three in California, where it is incredibly dangerous to be a student. Now, can you imagine being a parent and sending your child to college and their head comes back in a box in the mail? I'm not joking. Can you imagine being a parent and finding out that your child is in the ICU simply because he is a Jew? Can you imagine your child going to college At Loyola College in Chicago, Illinois, in the United States of America, and being brutally attacked solely because they are a Jew. 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, 21-year-old kids getting attacked and brutalized, in some cases murdered simply because they are a Jew, in 21st century America. This is the reality, people. There's a video. You can watch people talk about their own experiences and other eyewitness accounts of what happened to them on college campuses, where they go to school, and what happened to them solely because they are Jews. Go to my website, bethanyblankley.com. Go to America's Betrayal. I have a list of everything about Islam in there, not just Islamification of America, the three state phases of Islam, but also a video that you can watch. There are others on YouTube that display the violence and first-person accounts of what happened to these Jewish students simply because they were Jews. Now, why do Muslims hate Jews? Because Muhammad did and because it is instructed in the Quran. Now, like I have discussed, I have an English version of the Quran. My translation is by M.H. Shakir. It was published by Tariq Tarsil Quran, Inc. from Elmhurst, New York. I have a 15th U.S. edition from 2005. You can get a Quran for free. You can even look up a Quran online. The point is, is that I will read to you chapters and verses. Chapters are called surahs. They're in the Quran. You need to understand the Quran. What is it? A recitation of what was written down by a scribe, communicated to him and to others by Muhammad, who without any other eyewitnesses received revelation from the angel Gabriel in caves. And now has this wisdom that he's communicating from a God he calls Allah. Then he named Allah, which I believe after his father. Anyway, the point is, is that in the Quran, there are instructions about the people of the book. Well, who are they? Jews and Christians. And what is the people of the book? The book, by the way, it refers to the Bible. It refers to the different texts that was the oral history that came down from generations of eyewitness accounts of what was recorded in the history of Israel and the Jews in the Old Testament and what became the New Testament with people's accounts of Jesus Christ and people who followed him and people who didn't. And this is why you will, when you read through the Quran, you'll see references to stories that are rewritten or retold in a different way about people who existed, like Abraham in the Bible, who they call a prophet. And they also call Jesus as a prophet, all pointing to Allah. When you understand Islam, the Quran is an additional text, just like the Book of Mormon, that points to, quote unquote, additional revelation. But beyond that, the Quran is much more. It is instruction for an entire way of life, a political, a political way of thinking. It encompasses judicial, marital, civil, legal, 
military, family, financial. It encompasses every area of life, including who you are supposed to love and hate. In the Quran, and I'm quoting from Surah 2, 65, 567, 166, Surahs 8 and 98. I'm going to quote to you some some verses. Muhammad said Jews are, quote, cursed and transformed into apes and swine. Jews are, quote, the worst of Allah's creation. And what does he say to his followers about Jews? Quote, do not greet Jews or Christians with peace. If you meet one of them in your way, push them over to a ditch or a narrow path. I'm reading from the Salafi version of the Riyadh Us-Salihin, which is a, a hadith. Another one is Sahih al-Bukhari. These are on my website. The hour I'm quoting, the hour will not come until Muslims fight and kill the Jews, and the Jews will hide behind trees and rocks. And these trees and rocks will cry out saying, O Muslim, slave of Allah, this Jew is hiding behind me. Come and kill him. People, you need to understand when Muhammad had to flee Mecca, remember they were worshipping about 350 gods. They didn't believe this nonsense Allah or Muhammad. So in 622 AD, it's known as the year of the Hijra. This is when Muhammad fled from Mecca to Medina. This is when he began the political and military form of Islam. It had moved from that first phase, which we'll get into in another segment. Well, how was he going to survive? He and his followers had to raid. They had to steal. And who did they target and attack? Jewish merchants. They saw the caravans coming who were traveling and, and selling spices, food, livestock, material, silk. Whatever it was, these were traders. They were caravans. And so what did he do? He and his followers had to A, target Jewish caravans, B, attack them, take their possessions, take their weapons, take their women and children as slaves. Now, in some cases, the first couple of caravans, he exiled them after he took their weapons and all of their possessions. But the third one is very essential to understand. These are the Kurezi, Q-U-R-A-I-Z-A. In this Sierra, page 463, I'm going to quote to you, and I want you to tell me if you, I want you to think about, I want you to visualize this. Think about movies you might have watched or stories you might have heard, even from grandparents or survivors. In Germany, what did the Nazis do? First, they targeted the Jews. They had to wear yellow stars of David. Two, they went and they shut down their shops. They took all of their possessions. Three, they segmented them into a certain section of a population. If it was a ghetto, if it was, if it was a certain part of the city, they had to leave their homes. And what did the Nazis do? They took all of their possessions, their homes, their artwork, their silver, their paintings, their clothes. Everything that used to be the Jews was no more. They were either sectioned off into a ghetto or they were sent on a train, on a cattle car, to a concentration camp where either they were killed and put and dumped into mass graves, into ditches, or they were uh, slave labor or put into concentration camps and to the gas chamber. Either way, we all know what happened. Where did that idea come from, by the way? Another segment, we'll talk about Hitler and his, many of the concepts that he actually got from Islam. The, the, there's a significant tie between Islam and Nazi ideology. So in the year of the Hijra, in 622 AD, Muhammad leaves Mecca. He's fleeing Mecca for his life. And then what do they do? They attack Jewish caravans. And then what do they do? They take their wives and their children. They take their possessions. They take their weapons. The third tribe, the Kareza, what did they do? They confined them to an area of a city. Then they brought them into the market in Medina where everybody is shopping and they're trading and they're buying if it's spices or food or clothes or material or whatever it is, birds, cattle. They dug ditches in the middle of this market so everybody could see. And then they brought out in groups of batches of what they call batches, groups of people. They brought the Jewish men and boys they line them up along the ditches, and then they behead them. 
and then they shoved them into the ditches for everyone to witness. And Sarah, page 463, I'm quoting, quote, Then he sent for them and struck off their heads in those trenches as they were brought out to him in batches. There were 600 or 700 in all, though some put the figure as high as 800 or 900, end quote. And prior to when they were confined to a certain area of the city, they asked, what's going to happen to us? And this is what the Muslim followers of Muhammad said to them, to the Jews. They said, quote, will you never understand? Don't you see the summoner never stops and those who are taken away do not return? By Allah, it is death, end quote. What what people need to understand is that this whole concept of beheading came from Muhammad. Sectioning Jews off into a certain part of a city came from Muhammad. Digging ditches, beheading, chopping them off and putting them into ditches for everyone to see. This came from Muhammad. There was no internet back then. There was no video back then. What did they do? They brought them to the center of the square where the marketplace was, where everybody was buying and selling. Think of like going to a mall. You're going to a supermarket. And that's what Muhammad did. He brought Jews to a mall. So you're going around shopping at the Gap or Abercrombie or whatever it is, Victoria's Secret. And there it is in the middle of the mall. It's not Santa Claus. It's Muhammad. And he's beheading Jews in the middle of the mall. That is what Muhammad did in Medina. Think about Jews being beheaded in a mall the next time you go shopping. Or to the grocery store, because that is what Muhammad did. Jews were beheaded. Where does beheading come from? From Muhammad. Why are Jews hated? Because it's instructed in the Quran. Jews are cursed and transformed into apes and pigs. Quote, they are the worst of Allah's creation. Why are Jews the number one most targeted victims of hate crimes in America? There is a reason. It just doesn't happen out of thin air. Hitler wasn't very smart. He didn't come up with this idea of sending Jews to concentration camps. He didn't come up with the idea of sectioning them off to certain parts of the city. He didn't come up with the idea of taking their guns and their possessions away from them. None of these things were his idea. He didn't even come up with eugenics. Everybody needs to understand context. Jews aren't just hated because they're Jews. They're hated because they are instructed to be hated by Muhammad. They are following Muhammad's example. They are reading what is in the Quran. And if anybody says to you that you are Islamophobic or that you're lying or whatever, you pick up the Quran and you read to them the surahs that says Jews are the worst of Allah's creation. And you show them the video that you can find several of them on YouTube from my website. You can go to JewHatredOnCampus.org. There are facts. And you say to anybody who says that to you that if they're defending Islam, then they are defending genocide. They are defending Jew hatred. They are anti-Semites. Anybody who says they are supporting Islam is supporting what Muhammad says in the Quran, that Jews are cursed and transformed from apes and pigs. People, if this is what they think about Jews... And if anybody knows history, what happened to the Jews in Germany, Jews were not the first and they were not the last. But they were certainly the most targeted. If it's happening to Jews on college campuses in the United States of America, who do you think is going to be next? Islam is not peaceful. These are not isolated incidents. These are 10 colleges, campuses in the United States of America where multiple incidents of violence committed against Jewish kids. Think of an 18-year-old kid you know. And think about them being brutalized to the point that they're in the ICU. And think about it, if you know any parents, if they would ever send their child to Columbia University knowing their head would come back in a box. Or San Diego State University or Temple. Can you imagine going to Temple University in Philadelphia, the brotherly city of love, and your kid is getting attacked because he's a Jew? This is what's happening in America. So you tell anybody who calls and wants to label bigot, racist, whatever it is. Islam is not about a race other than hating Jews. So yeah, it is racist. Yes, Islam is racist. Is it bigoted? Absolutely. 
But this is what people need to do. They need to have the facts. They need to be informed. There is documented widespread hatred and violence being committed against Jews on American soil by Muslims. These are not isolated incidents. These are not extremists. This is exactly what is being instructed by the Quran. Got to take a break. We'll be back talking more about other things that is inst- other things that are instructed in the Quran in terms of free speech and gay rights. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. everyone and we're back. This is Bethany Blankley. I'm talking about Islam and America's betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio. To go more, read more, listen to more, my website, BethanyBlankley.com. Go to America's Betrayal. You will see links to understand the different stages and phases of Islam as a civilization alternative, which is the goal. Islam is a totalitarian, complete political ideological system. It is not a religion. There is no such thing as freedom of religion or freedom of speech. There are no transgenders in Islamic countries there are no Jews go to my website watch the video of what's happening to Jewish students on American college campuses simply because they are Jews what's happening to Jews will happen to other people look at history Jews are how Jews are treated is a good indication of what will happen next what I want to talk about next though is what the Quran and what imams and what Muslims believe about homosexuality. Now, some of you may have seen some videos of Stephen Crowder going to a Muslim bakery and asking her to bake a cake or make a cake for a gay couple. All of this nonsense that's being propagated in the media about attacking Christians for not baking a cake or taking photos or flowers of, for a same-sex wedding is so hypocritical. Because they're not going to Muslim bakeries. They're not going to Muslim photographers. They're not going to Muslim wedding planners. Now, there's a reason why many of those professions do not exist within the Islamic community. And I'll get into that in another segment. Because one aspect of Islamic infiltration, which is in another form of, in another phase of Islam, which we'll get to in the second phase, which is... Once you immigrate and you procreate, you automatically are going on welfare, which is a form of the tax. If they were, if Muslims were in a majority, they would be taxing non-Muslims to the point where they couldn't afford it and they would have to leave. And when they're in the minority, they automatically go on welfare as a form of tax uh, for dimitude, which is making the kufar, who are non-believers, who are non-Muslims, pay for them because that is the right. The kufar are less than, so why should they work when the kufar can work and pay them through welfare? This is why 80% of Muslims, by the way, are on welfare in Europe, in Western Europe. The EU and different departments within each of these countries, from Holland to England to Germany, they all have these immigration integration departments, integration, how to help Muslims integrate into Western society. This is so asinine. No Muslim wants to integrate as an immigrant into a society. They do not see themselves as Western or German or Welsh or Dutch or British or Scottish. That's not the point. The point is to infiltrate and procreate, to create a worldwide caliphate. It's to create Islam as a civilization alternative. This is why they have 
put up Sharia councils. This is why pedophile rings and slavery exist. This is why wife beating exists. This is why child marriage and honor killings exist in certain parts of Western countries where they are primarily Islamic immigrants, Muslim immigrants. Crime rates are through the roof in Europe, primarily because of Muslim immigrants. You want to talk about some violence? We'll get into that in another segment of what's happening in Europe. The point is, there cannot be any integration that is counter counterintuitive to what Islam is. When you understand the mindset of Islam, you understand that you must submit to what is taught in the Quran. What is taught in the Quran? You must hate and kill Jews, period. Jew hatred is taught in the Quran. Number two, you must discuss and expose how disgusting and immoral homosexuality is. Now, I am going to quote Dr. Muzamil Siddiqui, sorry, Dr. Muzamil Siddiqui of the Islamic Society of North America, ISNA. I've talked about this. I've written about it. ISNA is linked to the Muslim Brotherhood. This is what Siddiqui says about homosexuality, and I quote, and you can find this on my website. This is what he says, I'm quoting, homosexuality is a moral disorder, it is a moral disease, a sin and corruption. No person is born homosexual just like no one is born a thief, a liar, or a murderer. People acquire these evil habits due to a lack of proper guidance and education. There are many reasons why homosexuality is forbidden in Islam. Homosexuality is dangerous for the health of the individual and it's also dangerous for society. It is the main cause, this is what he's saying, homosexuality, quote, is the main cause of one of the most harmful and fatal diseases. Homosexuality is a disease, that's what he's saying. It is the most unnatural way of life. Homosexuality leads to the destruction of family life, end quote. By the way, the ISNA is an organization that is uh, praised by Jimmy Carter last fall or last uh, Labor Day, Jimmy Carter was the keynote speaker at ISNA's uh, annual conference, their 51st annual conference of the Islamic Society of North America. This is, by the way, is the largest Muslim organization in North America. It's, it was established by members of the Muslim Brotherhood. And many people on its board and its president are linked to and working with people in the Obama administration as well as many of the groups who are waging war in Syria. And this is what Jimmy Carter says, who, who alleges that he is a born-again Christian who believes in Jesus Christ. This is what he says. Jimmy Carter, by the way, says that, quote, the principles of Allah are key to peace in the Middle East. Okay? No Christian in their right mind would ever say that. In fact, every Christian would affirm that what is in the Quran is a lie and that Muhammad is a liar and Muhammad is a pedophile. Muhammad is a false prophet and he's spreading lies and enslaving people who cannot read or write through fear to believe something that's completely false. The Quran in itself, every single word in that book is false. It is man made up. Every Christian should have no problem saying that. Because anyone who is truly a Christian would only affirm that the Bible is the only word of God, not the Quran, not the Book of Mormon, not any additional texts. No Christian would affirm that the Quran or anything else is something from God, from the God that, that they believe is the creator of the universe. And certainly no Christian would say, like Carter did, that the principles of Allah are key to the peace in the Middle East. And why on earth would he be lauding and praising the Islamic Society of North America at a time when mass genocide of Christians by Muslims is happening throughout the, throughout the Middle East, throughout the Levant, throughout Northern Africa, and everywhere else in Indonesia, in other places in the world? You want to talk about hypocrisy and takia at its finest when someone is actually publicly lying about peace. You want to talk about Alice in Wonderland where left is right, right is wrong, up is down, backwards is forwards. This is peace according to Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, could not handle uh, the hostage crisis in Iran, who, by the way, bungled up the overthrow of the Shah in Iran. 
This is a man who has no clue what he's talking about when it comes to Middle East policy, let alone Islam. And if he is saying such a thing about the Quran and Allah, then there's no way he could be a Christian because no Christian could ever say that. And I want to repeat that. No Christian could ever suggest that the Quran is compatible to the Bible or that it provides additional revelation. And I want to tell you what the Muslim Brotherhood's motto is, okay? This is the Muslim Brotherhood's motto. Allah is our objective. The Prophet is our leader. The Quran is our law. Jihad is our way. Dying in the way of Allah is our highest hope. This is what any true Muslim believes. As you will see in the video, which is linked to this program and to other articles on my website, this is exactly what they are teaching little kids in Saudi Arabia. I'm going to read to you some things from the Quran. The Quran states that those who act on same-sex attraction and behavior make a, quote, God of their own lusts, end quote. They reject Allah's will and they, quote, practice wickedness. You can read it in Surah 26, 165 through 166, Surah 27, 29, and I list the verses on my website. There is no such thing as a gay Muslim. Everybody needs to understand this. There is no gay lifestyle in a Muslim majority country. In a Muslim majority country, there is no Muslim neighborhood. There is no Muslim minority. There's no West Village. There's no Christopher Street in Manhattan. There's no San Francisco. There's no major area of homosexuality where gays are living peacefully in a Muslim country. They are all dead. There are no same-sex marriages in Islam. There are no transgenders. There is no transgender concept in Islam. Now, I'm going to tell you what they say. According to Sharia law, both the sodomizer and the sodomized deserve death. The rules are a little bit different for lesbians because they could be considered to be an adulteress. So if the lesbian is married, then she should be killed. If she is unmarried, then she should be lashed. She receives punishment through lashes of a whip. So there is a little bit of a different standard for lesbians, specifically depending on if they are married or not. What people need to understand is this is not extremist. These are not radical. This is what is taught in the Quran. Because homosexuals are making a god of their own lust and they're practicing wickedness. And what is the punishment? The punishment is death and or lashes. People need to understand that this is hate ideology. And by the way, is ISNA or the Muslim Brotherhood or CARE, are they on the list of hate groups of the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a bogus organization? The, so the Southern Poverty Law Center can go after a Jewish woman for free speech and say that she's a hate crime, but yet there's no hate crime targeting Muslim organizations that specifically advocate killing Jews and killing gays. If there isn't a better definition of hate crimes, I don't know what there is. Hello, Southern Poverty Law Center. The biggest hate crime right now that's being advocated, advocated in America through imams, through mosques, has been evidenced by reports numerous times what's being evidenced by FBI reports. Crimes against Jews and gays exist. And who are they being committed by? They're being committed by Muslims because that is what they are instructed to do in the Quran. If you do not follow the Quran, if you reject the Quran, then you have been given, you give the excuse for another Muslim to kill you. Because under Islam, you can't leave it unless you're going to be killed by another Muslim. Which is why my whole objective is to expose the evil of this ideology to help save women and children and people who are illiterate who are being forced into this violent totalitarian system we want to liberate the entire point of liberty in america is to allow freedoms to allow personal freedoms transgender isn't going to be killed because he wants to be a woman but he would be in Saudi Arabia or in Iran or in Indonesia or in Egypt or in Liberia or in Algeria or in Nigeria, even in parts of Kenya.
What people need to understand is there are no gays in Islamic countries. So anybody who wants to complain and whine about Christian bakers or Christian pastors or Christians in general, no Christian is saying we're going to kill homosexuals, but Muslims are. So the irony is that the one hate group that's throughout every state in America has not be, will not be identified because either people are scared or they don't want to be called a bigot or a racist or phobic or whatever. But the reality is by not calling evil what it is, they are only enforcing it. They're only supporting it. And so for anyone who exposes the, the evil of Islam, you say, even though you don't agree and you think Bruce Jenner has a mental disorder, he still has a right to live. And in America, under American laws, under the Constitution, he has a right to change his gender if he so chooses. He can live, if that is his pursuit of happiness, and he wants to do that, then let him as a grown man to do that. But we are not going to kill him because he chooses to be a woman. But under Islam, that's not the case. No one has that choice. The only choice in Islam is to submit or die. That is what Islam means. It means submission. Submission to what? To the recitations, which is the Quran, of the instructions of Muhammad. That is the point. There is a totalitarian political ideology that says you cannot be gay and be Muslim. You cannot be a Jew and be Muslim. You cannot be a Christian and be a Muslim. You cannot be an agnostic and be a Muslim. You cannot be a secularist and be a Muslim. Because Jews are pigs and apes, and gays are wicked. And gays deserve death and or lashes. I've got to take a break. We'll be right back talking more about what you can and can't do under Islam and the basic concepts of what Islam teaches, not just about Jews, not just about gays, but about free speech. And we're going to get to that next. We'll be back. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. and we're back. This is Bethany Blankley hosting America's Betrayal and Renegade Talk Radio. We've been talking a lot about Islam. want to talk more about free speech, the concept of the First Amendment, and this whole issue about Muhammad and cartoons and drawings and understanding all of this discussion about free speech and the First Amendment and the Quran within the context. Now, everyone can remember... When Charlie Hedbo, the satirists in Paris, France, were gunned down by Islamists for having cartoons and drawings about Muhammad. They had been warned. They had been threatened for several years. Uh, this was not the first time where violence had been acted out against them. However, it was largely uh, publicized, and there were 19 people who were killed and wounded. Previous to that, there was Van Gogh, who was stabbed to death in Amsterdam for creating a short video about women and how they are treated under Islam. And the last thing he asked before, as he was being stabbed to death, he said, can't we just talk about this? Can't we discuss this? Can't we have a debate? Can't we actually talk about this? Why can't we talk about female genital mutilation? Why can't we talk about child marriages? Why can't we talk about domestic violence? Why can't we talk about honor killings? Because there is no such concept under Islam. There is no such concept of free speech or free thought. You either submit to what is being taught in the Quran or you don't. So in response to Charlie Hedbo and people talking about Islam... The Council on American-Islamic Relations, in coordination with a, a 501c3 organization from Chicago, Sound Vision Foundation, they had a Stand with the Prophet event 
in Garland, Texas. Now, this was outside of Dallas, and this was on January 17th. Now, I want to explain something, folks, because this is what is happening everywhere in the United States. Free speech in France, they get shot down, and people talk about how we're all Charlie Hedbo, and we're waving pens in solidarity with them, and we want to defend the cartoon. We want to defend free speech. We want to defend uh, art and satire and everything else. In response to that, Muslims in America said, no, we're going to stand with the prophet, and we are not going to support free speech. In fact, there's a movement to get rid of the First Amendment, especially in large population areas like Dearborn, Michigan. This is what Sound Vision said about their Stand With the Prophet Day on January 17th. I quote, it's a movement to defend the Prophet Muhammad, his person and his message. This was in direct response to the murder of 16 people uh, who were at Charlie Hedbo in Paris. So they want to defend Muhammad, who I've already pointed out was a pedophile and violent. And he killed and targeted Jews and stole from them and instructed in the Quran to kill Jews. So they want to defend the prophet Muhammad and his violent acts. Okay, so sound vision and care, they want to defend the message of Muhammad, which is to kill Jews. Which is to lie to non-believers. We'll get into more violent instruction when we talk about the third phase. Right now we're talking about, within the context of all the phases, since I'm still in phase one, we're talking about the concept, the, the mindset, the social construct within the totalitarian political ideology of Islam. Jew hatred, no rights for women or children, no rights for gays or transgender or homosexuals or, le- or lesbians, and no rights to free speech. This is what they said on January 17th. It was in a suburb outside of Dallas and Garland, Texas. And this is what they said. Sound Vision asked, quote, Are you frustrated with Islamophobes defaming the prophet? Remember the Danish cartoons defaming the prophet or the anti-Islam film Innocence of Muslims? That's what they were advertising, which, by the way, the Danish cartoons were, were explaining and the Innocence of Muslims, the film, all of these things are talking about rights for women and children. And what happened in each of those cases, the people who were trying to expose it were killed. And yet, Sound Vision turns it around and says that the people who are exposing Muhammad as a pedophile are Islamophobes. There's no such thing. It's a total lie. No one is afraid of Muhammad. They're exposing him for what he is. It's not phobia. Phobia is fear. People who are exposing evil are not afraid of it. They're saying, hey, listen, we want to protect women and girls from what's happening to them. We want to protect women and girls from female genital mutilation and from slavery and being sold at sex bazaars. We don't approve of that in our society. We do not condone honor killings. We do not condone domestic violence. We do not condone child rape or rape at all. This is illegal in our country. No, we will not submit to Sharia law. And no, if this is what you're advocating to stand with the message of Muhammad, then what you are actually advocating is hate speech, which is exactly what Sound Vision and Care were doing. So by defending Muhammad, you're defending Jew hatred and you are defending sex with children. Well, this event on January 17th, Sound Vision claimed, and I quote, this is not an event. It is the beginning of a movement, a movement to defend the Prophet Muhammad, his person and his message. And they said that there are attacks happening against Muslims, which, by the way, are not true. If you look at crime statistics and hate crime statistics, you will see this is absolutely false. And they're saying that hate crimes are happening or attacks, quote unquote, attacks against Muslims stem from, quote, media defamation of their religion, which is bogus. And the fact the media is not even exposing what Islam is doing in certain country, in certain um, neighborhoods where there are increased Muslim immigrants, which correlate to increased 
reported acts of violence against women and children. And then they say that, quote unquote, Islamophobia is causing problems all around the world. Could anything be more false? Problems around the world has absolutely nothing to do with Islamophobia. There's no such thing as a phobia. It has to do with the fact that as Islam expands, so does slavery. And people are against slavery. They're against female genital mutilation. The problem happening around the world is slavery of people who cannot read and write and who have no choice to leave an ideology that they choose to leave. So at this event in January on January 17th, Sound Vision, there is a video. You can watch it on my website. You can go to America's Betrayal. You can read about the event of the protests in Sharia and Dallas and gender violence. There's a video that I link to that's on YouTube. And at the 2.37, at the 2 minute and 37 second minute mark, there's a video of Alia Salem, the executive director for CARES Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, and she's responsible for dealing with the media. And she can't, she's claiming ignorance. She has no idea as to why certain port reporters were denied access to this event. So here's an event saying they want to stand with the prophet, and yet it prohibited the media from coming. Certain news organizations were denied access to the event. Based on what their faith was or their last name, even if they had purchased tickets in in advance, was the issue resolved? No. Was there free speech? No. Was anybody shot or killed? No. Was there any violence? No. What were the protesters doing? They were saying, we reject Sharia law. We reject this false ideology. We reject this ridiculous phobic phobia nonsense being propagated by you and the media. And we reject an ideology that promotes Jew hatred. The European Court on Human Rights has ruled more than once that Sharia law is, quote, incompatible with the fundamental principles of democracy. Okay, the human court, the European Court on Human Rights is ruling that Sharia law is incompatible with the principles of democracy. Free speech, the First Amendment in the United States, the First Amendment of the Constitution, free speech is protected, but not hate speech. Any kind of speech that incites violence is not protected. Neither is financially or materially aiding or harboring people who are determined to destroy America. That's called treason. Article 3 of the Constitution. So the question remains, for people who are standing with the prophet and his person and his message, the reality is is what they are standing for is pedophilia, FGM, Jew hatred, and no free speech. And so what did the media do? Nothing. They labeled this as an anti-Islam event. So if this is an anti-Islam event, which it wasn't, it was to stand for the Prophet Muhammad. This is the question that I posed to the media who really didn't cover this event. And for the ACLU, and for feminists, and for human rights groups, and for lesbians and gays and transgender, for the same-sex marriage lobbying, for the Department of Justice, for the Southern Poverty Law Center, these are the questions I have for you. Do you support discrimination of Jews and Christians? Do you support censorship? Do you support the restraint of a free press? Are you supporting fathers who kill girls? Do you support fathers and parents forcing their children into marriage as children? Do you support parents who are cutting the genitals of their little girls against their will? Do you support imams marrying them under Sharia law and under Sharia councils? Do you support pedophilia? Do you support sex child rings? Do you support a husband beating and raping his wife? Because this is all what this is exactly what the Quran advocates. Under Sharia law, this is what the Quran legislates. Women have half the legal right of men if they're married. 
Otherwise, they're consider they're still considered property. But legally, under Sharia, it is okay to beat and rape your wife. It is okay to kill your daughter. In fact, it is justified, as is female genital mutilation. So where are the human rights groups? Where is the ACLU talking about free speech? Where is the Southern Poverty Law Center talking about hate crimes? You want to talk about a group that's committed to killing Jews? Well, where, is, where are the people talking about a hate group? These are all hate groups, by the way. Care and Sound Vision. And so what was the response? Well, a couple months later, Pamela Geller has an event. Same thing. There is a contest following up on Charlie Hedbo in response to the Stand with the Prophet event in the exact same place in Garland, Texas. On May 3rd, another organization comes and she is trying to expose what Sharia law says. Did reporters report on this? No, they blamed her for Muslims seeking to attack her and others who were at the event. People are blaming the victim, and guess what? She's a Jew, and she's a woman. So go figure, because that's exactly what happens in Islam. This is what people need to understand. People who are anti-Islam and anti-Sharia, they, it means they reject submission to Allah. They reject legislation outlined in the Quran. There's nothing bigoted or racist or personal in rejecting a political ideology that opposes the U.S. Constitution. If the European Court on Human Rights can rule that Sharia law is incompatible with democracy, then why can't Pamela Geller, a Jewish woman? Or why can't a black pastor say the same thing? Or an Indian woman or a Chinese person. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what anybody's race or color or gender is. They reject a political ideology that says it is okay for fathers to kill their daughters. We reject the idea that you can marry little girls to other to grown men for only an hour and then divorce them and remarry them. We reject the idea that you can legally beat and rape your wife. We reject the idea that you can kill Bruce Jenner simply because he wants to be a woman. This is all exposing the lies of what Sound Vision and Care and other groups are saying when they label anybody tries to expose them as anti-Islam. So what you need to do is, is question the underlying assumption of their attack. What is their presupposition? Well, if you're anti-Islam, then what does that mean they are for? Are they for what Islam represents? Are they for legalizing wife abuse? Are they for child marriage? Are they for genital mutilation? Are they for Jew hatred? If so, then why aren't they in jail? Are they propagating another genocide? Are they propagating anti-Semitism? And shame on the Dallas Morning News. A reporter, Alvy Selk, instead of reporting on the facts related to abuse against about women and girls in the Dallas community, in Islamic immigrant communities, he has to go over, he has to go and attack Irving Mayor Bath Van Dyne. What does he do? He goes and attacks her about her boyfriend, her child custody arrangement. He asks her how does she balance her work and her family life. I can't recall any reporter in my entire life asking a male politician how he balances fatherhood and public life. Give me a break. If women's rights were an issue, Alvy Selk and the Dallas Morning News would be covering the abuse of women and girls permitted under Sharia, which the mayor of Irving rejected. We reject Sharia law. We reject Sharia councils. We reject any attempt to usurp the U.S. Constitution and our state and federal laws that protect women and children from abuse. So Alvy Selk and the Dallas Morning News are responsible, irresponsible, negligent because they refuse to expose the crimes that are being committed to, against women and children. Contrast that to the Times of London. They expose and help bring to justice a pedophile ring that the police and local officials had hidden for 16 years because they were afraid of being called racist because the people who were doing this were Muslim men. 
news organizations are exposing what's happening in Scandinavia and in Western European countries because they are nearly bankrupt dealing with welfare and crime costs associated with Sharia-compliant communities. This is serious. We are talking about the sewing up of little girls' vaginas, selling them as slaves so that men can try and penetrate through that sewn vagina to determine if they are a virgin. We are talking about girls who are less than nine years old, who are younger than nine years old, stripped and sold naked in containers for Muslim men to buy and purchase and sell for less than $200. If you are pro-Islam, then that is what you are for. So anyone should take pride in being anti-Islam because I will be more than willing to try and rescue that little girl, regardless if she was raised in a Muslim home, a Jewish home, a Christian home, an agnostic home. That little girl has a right to not be violated in that way. And so if anything, Pamela Geller as a Jewish woman or me as a Christian woman, we are the most pro-Muslim people on earth advocating for the freedom and the liberation of women and girls who are trapped under Islam. If they try to leave, they will be killed. That's the whole point of honor killings. This is the whole point of blasphemy laws. People are trying to expose what is happening in Muslim immigrant communities throughout America and in Western Europe that is attacking little girls. So the hypocrisy of the Dallas Morning News and other news organizations like CNN and ABC and CBS and NBC and MSNBC, all of these ridiculous news organizations that don't actually go on the ground with a microphone and report facts and interview people to find out what's really happening. They are not connecting the dots because they either do not want to expose it because they're afraid. They don't want to be shot at. But the idea is that they are blaming the victim, which is a classic sign with, that is tolerated with gender violence. Women are consistently blamed for a crime that's committed against them. The men who tried to kill anybody on the May 3rd event were responsible for doing what they did, not anybody else. A woman who's beaten by her husband or boyfriend is not responsible for being beaten. Blaming Pamela Geller or anybody else. Did anybody blame Charlie Hedbo for being anti-Islam? I don't remember hearing that. But they were mostly men. The sexism, the anti-Semitism, it is unbelievable. It extends in our media and in our culture. Who in their right mind is saying that a woman who is beaten by her husband or her boyfriend is responsible for that? No. Gender violence extends not just in someone trying to beat someone, but in the mentality of blaming the victim. People who are exposing Islam are exposing and trying to liberate the people it is enslaving. Women and little girls and even little boys, women and children. For anybody who wants to be pro-Muslim, pro-women, pro-children, pro-human rights, you have to expose the evil of Islam and what is being taught in the Quran. The Quran is teaching that women are property. The Quran is teaching the violation of little girls. The Quran is teaching institutionalized slavery. The battered wife syndrome is important to understand because this stigma is what is being expressed, not just by the Dallas Morning News, but other news organizations that refuse to report the facts. They are blaming the victim for the offender's crime, and they are making excuses for the offender. And what does that do? That only hurts vulnerable girls and women. And most of the women and girls in Muslim communities don't have resources. They do not have a voice to defend themselves. And so who is going to be their voice? Who is going to defend these girls and women to help them get out of this abusive situation where they are trapped? And if they try to leave, if they try to be educated, if they actually, God forbid, wanted to choose who they want to marry, if they don't want to be sold into slavery... Who is going to be their voice? Who is going to rescue them? 
Is it going to be the people who are pro-Islam standing with the Muhammad, at, standing with the Prophet Muhammad at Sound Vision? Is this the message and the person that the movement is deciding to defend? Because that's what it really is. This is what CARE is advocating. They want Sharia compliance. And if they didn't, why would they have all of these organizations popping up in every state to advocate for Sharia-compliant constitutions in each state? I could go on and on, but what I want to discuss and I want to emphasize is that being pro-Islam means something. Being anti-Islam means something. And at the root of it is, who is going to be the voice and stand for the human rights of the child and the woman who is being abused because of the ideology discussed, enforced, and taught from the Quran? This is Bethany Blankley. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. 